and welcome to This Week in James City County. I'm your host, Renee Dolman. Today, I am once again joined by Scott Stevens, the county administrator. Welcome. Well, hello again. It's March now. Uh, it is. It's hard to believe that. I know. Already. The year is going like that. That's how life goes, right? You got to enjoy every day as you come along because it moves along much faster than it appears it sometimes. It does. So you have a notebook full of stuff. There's always seems to be plenty to talk about. Yep. And I hope it's good for those that are our listeners out there. And uh, for me, it's what's going on in the county and trying to bring it down to sort of basics. And then if folks have questions, certainly would encourage them to call and ask, right? Okay. We want to yep. make sure we're informing our community and where they want to know what's going on. We're happy to share that. So, um, you know, a couple of things for me that I'd like to start with, a little different order. Um, snowfall, we at least had a snowfall we this did. year. We did, uh, yes. That probably won't satisfy everyone. I'm but satisfied. For, that was good. <laughs> well, for me, it was really nice. It yes. Was one day of a little disruption and uh, it was great snow and mm -hmm. it moved out the next day pretty well and didn't disrupt our world too much. So we'll see if we're through that. March sometimes has some surprises, right, so right. Uh, time will tell, but at least we have one in. Uh, I wanted to mention some staff changes, um, or at least some retirees, and I always hesitate because I'm sure I'm missing some, but at least had two out there uh, that occurred over the last month that I wanted to make sure. One was Kenny Driscoll, our fire marshal who had served the community very well, retired recently mm -hmm. and was recognized at our board of supervisors meeting in January. And he was a guest on a podcast or well, two. Well, great. Yeah. Well, great. Well, he's still in the community. He's still around. And so he's still somebody that we'll run into, but just want to uh, wish him uh, good luck in his next endeavor and, and thank him for his service here with James City County. And then Carol Shank, who worked in our mm -hmm. HR department for in excess of 30 years. Mm -hmm. And again, Carol, to me, was really helpful in terms of coming on board and working through county benefits and understanding why we've done some things in the history uh, of what's going on within James City County and the human resources arena. And I want to wish Carol, uh, one, thank her for her service here and wish her a very happy retirement as well. I really enjoyed working. Got to know Carol a little better than Kenny, both of mm -hmm. them I, I knew and, and worked with. But Carol was very helpful to me, as I said earlier. I just wanted to, to wish her um, a very happy retirement as well. So. Uh, with that, I want to mention a, a good announcement. Uh, we have just recently announced the Navian announcement, which was uh, uh, an industry moving into the former Lumber Liquidators building in Toana, which was vacated in 2019. And so as I arrived here in 2018, that announcement mm -hmm. had been made that uh, Lumber Liquidators was going to leave and what were we going to do. And we've had a staff working really hard on selling the site and having a new occupant for that site. And so I do want to congratulate our economic development staff of Chris Johnson and Kate Sipes and Laura Messer, they have more hours than anybody will ever know in terms of promoting James City County, that site in particular, and all the interest that we've had. And we've had a lot of interest, which I think speaks very well to our community. And I couldn't be more excited about the company that we have ended up with that's going to occupy. They have purchased the building. They are coming. The next five years will be transformational for that site in terms of what they intend to do. They are a Korean company, and they'll produce, as I understand, tankless water heaters. They do some boilers as well, uh, but tankless water heaters here in James City County that will be distributed through 20-plus states and then to okay. Canada. So it will be a very wide distribution. It will be their only North America manufacturing facility, so that's a really big deal for mm -hmm. a company. They're currently, as I said, a Korean company. Uh, they'll be manufacturing here in James City County in the very near future. Uh, and they're seen as an environmental company, and the, their energy usage and those kinds of things are reducing uh, things that uh, we normally take for granted from water and electricity and energy, mm -hmm. uh, their efforts will reduce some of that. They're going to invest $77 million, again, wow. $77 million in James City County, and they'll expand the building, really tripling its size. They'll go from 300,000 square feet, which is an enormous facility, to just over 900,000 square feet. So Goodness. the tripling of the existing facility that's out there, they'll bring 180 jobs, so they'll be hiring 180 people. 
uh, and then an average salary of just over 52000 which is well above our county average of thirty eight. So uh, really exciting to have all that going on over the next five years. Uh, the state and James City County, in addition to a lot of support and effort and other ongoing things, are providing um, each providing an $850,000 performance-based grant, meaning the company has to meet milestones. And as they meet those milestones and make the investment and hire the, the people that they have indicated they will hire, we will pay that eight fifty over the next five years as well. So it's not a grant we give to them up front. It is a grant that as they meet uh, what they have said they will do, performance-based, we will re- refund that money or pay them uh, the grant funds from the state and from the county. So again, really exciting project for us and uh, more to come on that as we have mm-hmm. some ribbon cuttings and as they start production. And uh, so you hear more of that in the coming months, but just want to share with the community. I really am excited. I'm proud of our staff. Uh, want to welcome the company into the community and look forward uh, to a very long relationship with uh, Navian in, in their production here in James City County. Um, on a not as exciting topic, we've had an awful lot of conversation nationally about the, the coronavirus or COVID-19 mm-hmm. and just want to at least reassure the community that we are talking about that as your staff and mm-hmm. your emergency responders and the region. We are having those conversations. We are talking about the what ifs. How would we help our community? Um, how would we do public gatherings and those kinds of things if the, if we had some type of outbreak here? We've not had any of that locally. We right. are getting regular updates from our state health department. Mm-hmm. We are aware, and that's really my message today, we are aware and my guidance today to all of us is the common sense things that we do during cold and flu season of wash your hands, uh, look after yourself, don't touch your face. All those things that mm-hmm. you constantly hear just as a reminder is still the best guidance today for us locally. And then if you're sick, stay home. And that's right. really good advice all the time, whether mm-hmm. it's a common cold or the flu or something else. If you stay home, you don't pass it on to as many people. So we would encourage folks to just be aware of that and have their awareness up. It is a serious event going on uh, globally, and we want to make sure that uh, our residents are prepared and aware and that they know that their local governments are at least talking about that and doing what we can to be prepared should we have an outbreak here. So more to come on that, Mm -hmm. maybe, um, but at least want folks to know that we're talking about it. And the Virginia Department of Health's website has a page completely direct or devoted to the virus, and it's a great place to go for information. They're also on social media, and we're sharing their information whenever we see it. Yeah, very good. More to come, I think, and and hopefully we won't have to deal with that here locally, but we at least want the community to know we're talking about it. Mm -hmm. And so those resources are out there and encourage people just to be aware, get informed, and then make good choices in terms of what you do for yourself and family. Um, in terms of Board of Supervisors meeting, uh, January was po- uh, packed full. Seemed like we mm-hmm. had meetings every week or a couple of week. February, not quite as busy, but still some activity going on. The board's February 11th meeting uh, had a fairly short agenda. We did appoint Kenny Lamb as our fire marshal, mm-hmm. so that did replace Kenny Driscoll, who had retired. Uh, we accepted several grants, and so that's always good to bring outside resources into our community and leverage our local funds. So I continue to congratulate our departments and encourage them to look for those sources of revenue. And then we had a couple of board appointments uh, to the Eastern uh, Virginia Regional Industrial Facility Authority, one of our economic development arms. Uh, the board appointed Vince Campana as a board member there from our EDA board. And then the Colonial um, Community Colonial Criminal Justice uh, side, we uh, reappointed our police chief, Brad Reinheimer. So okay. uh, those appointments were made at the February 25th meetings. Uh, the board had several things, and we went from a February 11th meeting of not too much to uh, February 25th of a special meeting being called at 3 o'clock and their normal work session at 4 o'clock. 
a lot of activity there, very busy for the Board of Supervisors. That's where they did officially approve the Navian project and allows me to authorize this county administrator or myself to sign whatever's needed to move that project forward mm-hmm. and what we've agreed to do. So they did that. They also appointed uh, Barbara Knowles to the Planning Commission, so that put, brings our Planning Commission back to full staff or full appointees, mm-hmm. not so much staff right. volunteer positions. Uh, at the work session, they had an update from VDOT, from Rossi Carroll, our administrator here, about what VDOT has going on, and there is a lot going mm-hmm. on. So I would encourage our residents uh, to watch the work session, see Rossi's updates. He provided a, a wealth of information over a short period of time. The board had a number of questions about transportation-related issues, which they always do as right. they're trying to represent the interests of those here and the concerns that they've heard from the residents. Uh, but again, good discussion there. And then we had a, a fairly lengthy discussion about another DMV select office. Uh, we have one up in our fire station one, our, our, our Toana area, that where we our satellite office, mm-hmm. where we've had for over 15 years. And it's been very, I think, well used and very successful. It's not sold as a moneymaker to the county, so but it's sold as a service. And we do get money for DMV for every transaction. So I believe it's a close to break even kind of cost okay. to the county. But the service side of it, I think, is very valuable to our citizens and residents. And we hear all all the time about the convenience and the efficiency there, and they appreciate uh, the county doing that. Mm-hmm. So the, at this one, our treasurer really got involved. So to Jenny's credit, she uh, has worked through that Jenny Tomes over the past really nine months when DMV asked uh, us if we would consider a second location. Her location seemed to be here at the government center off Mount Bay, the location they wanted to go. And so um, our treasurer hadn't done that before. She'd heard a lot about it, and sometimes what you hear is correct, and sometimes it's not exactly correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did a lot of research. Uh, I think she feels really good about making the recommendation. Her recommendation to the board was that the, they allow her to open another office here with DMV Select. So that will be happening here in April. The board okay. seemed very excited about that. Uh, and our DMV Select does the titling and things related to mm-hmm. your vehicle, not so much the driver license piece, but it, it doesn't put you in the mix of having to go to a place that's doing it all. It's just related to your tags and those. it makes it, I think, simpler for many of our residents. Mm-hmm. So that will be here in July. Another part of the conversation that came out of that is that DMV has a mobile licensing mm-hmm. um, uh, program, so the DMV Connect. Uh, that does visit our, our Toana facility now once every other month, mm-hmm. so it's a scheduled day. You can call us to find out what day that is, uh, but I'm told very good results in terms of wait time and service there. If you have license-related things mm-hmm. and driver's license-related issues to work out, I would expect that will roll into our government complex in the future as well, so more to come on, on that. We also share all of that information on our social media as well. So very it's good. a good service. No, I think you'll hear more about that from us because we are mm-hmm. excited to have that. And the board seemed very pleased with uh, that that was coming. And then our final work session topic was the comprehensive plan. The board had about an hour-long briefing, talk about where we've been, the input we've received. We've mm-hmm. had good input, but saying that uh, in our public meetings and, and um, dialogue, we've had just over... Uh, 450 respondents. So that means we have 450 residents that really have an impact on what our future will look like. Mm-hmm. We had several thousand respond to a survey last spring. So we have a, a, a better scientific percentage of our community from last spring. But I would encourage our residents to get involved. When you wonder why the board is allowing mm-hmm. an apartment complex to be built on that vacant lot or a grocery store to develop or uh, residential, whatever it will be, when you wonder why, this plan drives a lot of those decisions. Right. What it tells developers is we are saying this is the part of the county that we want to see this type of growth or we envision this type of development. Uh, we can't say no to development. Mm-hmm. We have to accommodate growth within our community, but we can say where. And the comprehensive plan uh, does that. So I would just encourage our residents to get involved today because what happens today will drive what happens here the next five 
10, 20 years. It really is a, a planning process, and it really is driven by public input. And so the board, uh, I heard them several times at our work session say, how do we get the public more involved? We're well, really pleased with the involvement. We have a lot this year compared to the previous plan updates. So we're very pleased with the involvement, mm-hmm. but we still want to hear from more of our residents. So we'd encourage you to get involved. So again, if you want have questions or want to know more about what's going on, 253-6685. We'll put you over in our planning department and you can ask all the questions you want to about comp plan and how you get involved and express it. Whether you make the meetings or don't, we still would value your input. So again, that number 253-6685 to be part of our comprehensive plan that we're, again, we'll spend a lot of time in 2020 doing and wrapping it up in 2021. So now's the time to get involved. Absolutely. Um, and I would like to mention other community outreach. Um, we did do a, hold our first community conversation, mm-hmm. so February 18th. Uh, I would tell you it was very successful from my standpoint. We probably had 20 staff members out there representing five or six different departments. Mm-hmm. Um, Otero Rouse pulled that together for us. Uh, saying it was successful, we had a, a pretty close to 50 residents there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had about 30 minutes of presentation and then another 30 or 40 minutes of sort of one-on-one conversations. And the tables throughout the room where we'd set the departments up sort of at each table, uh, every table had folks talking to it and getting better information mm-hmm. and answering their questions. And so the feedback that we've received has been very positive. So with that, with the turnout and the feedback, I am certain we will do another one of those and continue that series through the year as long as it is worth it to the residents in terms of us being there for them. Uh, likely May. We've not picked a date yet, okay. uh, but it is likely that we'll be back in May. So maybe I'll have an opportunity to promote our next one at a future podcast. But again, that interaction with the community, we're always excited about. And so uh, uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll be doing that again, plus okay. other things, yeah. of course. Uh, it's also budget time for us uh, with a lot of behind the scenes work, a lot of conversation going on through all localities. Uh, for us and for me in particular, March is the time of really pulling all the requests together, trying to assemble which ones make it through, or I say make it through, which ones our revenue and money can support, mm-hmm. uh, and then putting out my recommendation to the Board of Supervisors by the end of March. So March 27th is the date that uh, we will present the county's budget in terms of making it public to the Board of Supervisors and to the community. We would have meetings and public hearings beyond that. So depending on what my recommendation ends up being, might drive, do we have more neighborhood-type forms or community meetings, or is it just the public hearing process? Um, but I will tell you up front, there's never enough money to do all that the departments or the school system or right. others in our budget feel like need to be done. And it's not a, I don't think that's a bad thing. That's just the nature of budgeting, probably in our personal lives as well as our professional lives, and right. certainly for local government and your local government, that's the same. We have a lot of things that we think we need to do to serve this community based on what we hear from our residents and the dollars to do that um, we'll have to talk about because Mm -hmm. we don't have enough at this point to do all that. Not a different issue, just an ongoing effort for us. So, Well, and on that topic, we did have Sharon Day come on to a podcast. I believe it was back in December and she explained the process. So if any viewers or listeners would like to go back and check that one out, gives the process. And then we'll have you back on once you have released your budget to explain to the folks what your budget's all about. Very good. You certainly want to communicate it well to our residents so they understand what we're doing and why it really is on their behalf Mm -hmm. uh, and trying to make sure we're serving the greater good and interest of those that we represent. 
Uh, with that, one meeting that will occur in March, we do have a joint uh, meeting with our school board mm-hmm. between the city of Williamsburg, James City County supervisors, and the school board members. Uh, it is March 13th at 9 o'clock, so we'll have uh, more to talk about later, but that certainly feeds into our budget process as well. As the school system of our 200 and some million dollar general fund budget, the school system is a little more than half of that. Right. So they're a significant part of what we fund through the revenues and primarily property and sales tax that we receive from our residents. So again, more to come, just so folks know that is out there. And I guess, Renee, for me, that's it. You know, spring is coming. I've shared that the spring and summer and time of year is a great time for me. Winter's okay, but Mm -hmm. I like that. And so when you get into March, it sort of of starts turning. Not that we're done with the snow, as we mentioned earlier, maybe, Um, but it certainly gets warmer days and brighter and longer and time change and all those things. So I would encourage people to get outside, move around. Those are good things for us. Mm -hmm. We have a great community for that. And we sometimes take it for granted that it's just there and we can walk on that trail or ride on the bike path later. And I would just encourage people to do that sooner than later and enjoy it while you can. Very good. All right. Well, as you know, I have a few fun questions. Uh, that's what I that's what I've come to know. Right, but you're really good at them. So this should not worry you at all. So first one. If you didn't have to sleep, what would you do with the extra time? Ah, oh, wow. Beyond eating, because I like to eat, I'd probably work out a little more. You always talk okay. about the working out, getting out and walking on the trails mm-hmm. and the bikes. And certainly for me, it's that. The one other thing that I have neglected is um, phones on your hip that have a camera all the time take, encourages people to take pictures and videos. And so right. I've done that like a lot of people. What I haven't done a good job is put them in order so I know what I really have. Ah, and gotcha. so, uh, I used to do that a lot better when I had a camera and I had to sort of move storage from a place to another. Now that it's in the cloud and you don't have to worry about it, I really need to take some time to organize my photos and videos and put them in a place that 10 years from now I can find them. So okay. if, if I had another 12, 8 or 12 hours a day, that would really be helpful. All right. Very good. 12 hours. I know you don't sleep for 12 no, hours. No, I don't sleep for 12 no. hours. Mm-mm. That's true. All right. Next question. What do you wish you knew more about? You know, what I what I went into school background, I liked math and it made mm-hmm. sense and the engineering. So all those things were logical and they had an answer, right? Two plus two was four most of the time. Most and of so, the time. Uh, for me, the logical side of things was very good. What I've learned growing up is that people are very complex. Mm-hmm. Um, and while it might be nice if they were all like me, not really, um, they're not. You know, people are very right? diverse. And so for me, I'd like to know more about people. And I've learned a lot of that in my career. Mm-hmm. But I think there is so much more about what interests people, what motivates them. And learning more about that is always an ongoing interest for me. So it's a little broad, but uh, I have found people to be very interesting. And so learning more about why they are that way uh, would help me maybe uh, understand them better. Okay. Well, and then again, for our viewers and our listeners, it's not like you're Dr. Spock or not Dr. Spock, Mr. Spock. I don't watch Star Trek. I don't know. But it's not like you're like that. You know a lot about people. Um, You know, I've learned that okay. uh, uh, through my career and working with people and observing and some classroom. You know, certainly we all learn from uh, experience of others and those that know leadership or people. And Mm -hmm. I've been through some of those, uh, but people are very complex. Okay. Well, and Dr. Spock knew a lot about babies, right? I think that's what, I don't know. Anyway. Okay. Last question. All right. What is the farthest you have ever been from home? Um, the farthest I've ever been from home is the Mm -hmm. Philippines. I had an uncle that uh, was in the Air Force. He was stationed in the Philippines for eight years. And as a 12-year-old, had an opportunity to visit there with my parents. So that was uh, 
I have bits and pieces of memories, but I certainly have photos and some proof that I was there and certainly distance from home. That was the farthest I have ever been. That's a long ways away. Um, it seemed to be at the time. And as I've grown up, it still is a pretty good distance. So. How old were you, do you think? Yeah, I was 12. 12. Okay. Yeah. So not too little. You definitely remember. Definitely remember. Okay. It was definitely a great experience. And it was just very different culture for me at that time. Absolutely. And, and still would be today. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. All right. Well, very good. Well, that's all I have. Easy today. enough today. See, Great. You're good at this. <laughs> Sometimes, today. Sometimes. Well, thank you so Absolutely. much. One thing I do want oh, to mention oh, if oh. anybody ever needs me, and I, I think I'm not sure if I gave my number, but do I always want to. Yeah. 253 6603. Again, Scott Stevens, your county administrator. Always happy to talk to our residents. 253 6603. And don't hesitate to give me a call. Or maybe they'll see you out on the trails. Maybe so. There we go. All right. Well, thanks so much. Well, that wraps up this episode of This Week in James City County. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, please take a moment to go online and subscribe. That way you will be sure to never miss an episode. You can also go to our website. We're at jamescitycountyva.gov slash podcast. And while there, you're going to be able to find all of our episodes. I believe this is number 118. Nice. And you'll be able to fill out a form if you'd like, letting us know feedback show ideas, we would love to hear from you. So once again, thank you so much. And we'll talk with you next week.